This is a messianic study of the book of Romans. It's given in a midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your messianic study of the scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. Verse 5, For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law, there it is Torah, Okay, there we're talking, that, that law is Torah. Uh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which is, has held us captive, so that we serve not the old written code, but the new life of the Spirit. Okay, let's go on and we'll come back. What shall we say then? that the law is sin, again this is Torah, he's talking Torah now, by no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. So again, he was talk that's what he's talking about, you know, he was talking about the period between Abraham and Sinai, okay? You had people out there who did not know Torah, so they didn't know any better, basically. What shall we say? Is the law that the law is sin? By no means. Yet if I had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. In other words, it's sort of the way I describe this is everybody quick, don't think about a pink elephant in a tutu. Don't do it. Don't you think about it. Okay, and what he's saying here is when God writes down the Torah, it gives you all sorts of ideas that you probably, gee, I didn't know we couldn't do that. Uh, ooh, that sounds kind of fun. You mean, oh, you sure we can't do that one? Uh, and that's what he's talking about, okay? He's talking about the fact that once he knows the law, his natural flesh rises up and starts picking at it. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Apart from the law, sin lies dead. In other words, sin doesn't have any power without the suggestion of the law. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. Everybody see that? Now notice, by the way, and he'll say this in a minute, let's go, let's go on. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and righteous, and good. So what he's saying here is, he's, he's treating sin as an active thing. Okay? And for those of you who have been in the Musar class, what we're talking about here is the nephesh. Okay? That part of you which is not under your conscious control, 
that part of you which has your self-image, okay? That part of you which grabs programming from all sorts of weird places, and in order to get it lined up with your conscious mind and with your spirit, it takes quite a bit of effort. And so what Paul is saying is, I have got my personality traits that I was born with. Okay, and everybody's got a different set. And when most personality traits read, you know, some of you may not be inclined to drink at all. Just doesn't tempt you whatsoever. So the Torah saying, thou shalt not be a drunkard, it's no big deal because you're not, you don't have any tendency to drink. Okay? However, if you came into life with, your t- with a tendency to be covetous, covetous right? And the law says, thou shalt not steal. Whoa. That just sets my head spinning. And now I've got a temptation to wrestle with based on my internal character furniture. And I have got a struggle now. Now, before I was covetous, I was still covetous, okay? Still was doing the same thing. But if I didn't know the Torah... I was doing it innocently. See what I'm saying? That's what Paul's saying. And so now that I know it's wrong, it becomes a struggle to me. So now when I steal, instead of stealing innocently, and I still may get punished and so forth, I am now doing it in rebellion because I know better. Okay? Everybody see the difference? There's a difference between stealing innocently and little kids do it okay is it wrong yeah do they know it's wrong probably because they typically try and hide what they stole okay but having said that that's different than somebody saying to them you will not steal because at that point they have compounded the problem because they have got disobedience and rebellion on top of the act of stealing and that's what Paul's talking about I want to back up to six for just a second. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive. What did we die to? Sin. Sin. But we serve not under the old written code, but under the new spirit of life. Now, what does that mean? Huh? Yes, exactly. Exactly. The idea here, remember the new covenant, which I am firmly convinced has not kicked in yet on the earth. The New Covenant says that the ideal is that the law is written on your heart, not on tablets of stone. Okay? And so what he's saying here is, once you change, what you want to do is get the law in your heart like it is intended to be and obey from there, rather than going back to the, you know, parsing words in the code. And we've all been there, you know. It says... And, you know, that, that, by the way, is what the guy picking up sticks on, on Shabbat was doing. He was seeing how close to the edge he could skate. Okay? And that's a problem with a written code of laws, is we being like we are, try and see how close to the edge we can skate. And what Paul is saying is, no, 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 no. No. What you want to do is you want to go through life not coveting because you have a relationship with God and you can't imagine envying anything anybody else has had because your relationship with God is so rich. 
And if you go through life that way, then the do not covet stricture in there becomes a blessing or a statement of condition. Everybody understand what I just said? In other words, if you are one of God's, you will not covet, not because he said not to, but because it just won't enter your mind. Okay? So it then becomes a statement of your condition. You're one of mine. Of course you're not a thief. You're one of mine. Of course you're not an adulterer. You're one of mine. You would never think of blaspheming. That's just not in your character anymore. As opposed to, well, which are the six words that I can actually say without getting thrown off the radio? You see the difference between the two approaches to blasphemy. One is seeing how close you can hew to the letter of the law without getting nailed. And the other one is, I don't do that. My mouth doesn't do that anymore. Okay, you see the difference? And that's what Paul's talking about here. All right, so now back down to 13. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. Now, how many times have you heard in the Sunday church that you want to stay away from the law because it's death? What's Paul saying here? That's not true. That's not true. Okay? Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin, producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the, command, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. In other words, what the commandment does, which what I've just been saying, is it adds rebellion on top of whatever the original sin was that you did. Okay? Rebellion's bad, or adultery's bad enough, but when you add to it rebellion against God, it really becomes bad. And that's what Paul's saying. Okay, 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Okay? Yeah. That's going back to the, 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 the three level list, sold under sin. It's going back to the three level list. You're a slave. Slaves are sold. Yes, okay. Right? So if you are a slave, you have been sold into slavery. Okay. So what he's saying, and, and again, I won't go through the Musar thing again, but this is exactly what Musar is designed to work with. Okay? We all have things in our character that we are not pleased with. At least I do. And what the Musar thing we've been going through does is give you a systematic way to catalog those and to begin attacking them. Okay? So what you're dealing with is this part of you that does what you do not want to do. Okay, that's, that's the goal there, is you work on that part of you so that you no longer do those things that you don't want to do. And 
lest anybody get this, hold of this tape and not understand, this is not talking about work salvation. This is talking about character improvement and sanctification. Big difference. Okay? And again, if you, if you talk about improving your character, there are those in the Sunday church who will be on you like white on rice about being under the law, legalistic, trying to work your salvation, you know, all variations on the same thing, which is stay away from the Torah. Okay? And that's not what's being said here. 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. I like this translation because it's at least clear. Okay? Everybody understand what he's saying? I got something working in me that I am not under full control of, and it does things that I don't approve of, and because I know Torah, I know that the things that it has me do are wrong. And now this goes back to the thing we talk about, about the justifier. Now every, every one of us has got a really good justification mechanism built in. So no matter what rotten thing that I want to do, I can come up with a really good reason why in this particular case, for me only, it's okay. Really good at that. Okay? And what Paul is saying here is the Torah is this bright, shining standard. And when that justifier of yours says, okay, let's go do that, you go, punk, and you run right into the Torah, and the Torah doesn't move. Okay? So now, instead of being able to talk yourself into it and justify it, you now realize that what you're going to do anyway is wrong. And you know it's wrong, and you know it's sinful, and you're going to go ahead and do it anyway. And so what you've done now is compounded the wrong that you're doing by adding to it rebellion. Okay? Seeing all that so makes sense? 21. So I find it to be a law. This is not Torah. This is like a principle. Okay? I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God. I love Torah. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law. Notice, another law, not the law of God. Different law. I notice in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. So notice we've got now four different laws that have been talked about in this one and a half sentences. Okay, we've got, I find it to be a law, which is a principle. I delight in the law of God, which is the Torah. But I see in my members another law, yet different, and waging war against the law of my mind, maybe a different one, 
and making me captive to the law of sin, yet another one, that dwells in my members. Okay? And, and, and I have had knockdown, drag out fights with good, solid, Bible believing, born again Christians saying every one of those is the Torah. The Torah. The law of Moses. Everyone. And that just doesn't make grammatical sense. And that's, again, why Romans written in Greek is sometimes slippery. Okay? Uh, the law of my mind may be the Torah. In other words, he knows the Torah intellectually. Uh, so we may have the Torah being mentioned there twice. Uh, I, I happen to think it is, but I, I wouldn't fight very hard if somebody came up with five instead of four. And I would see in 23 another law in my members being another principle that it would be the same kind as... Yeah, the, the law in his members is, I believe, the law of sin and death. Okay. Okay. In other words, the law of sin and death is where he is saying what the law in his members is. Verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Yeshua Messiah our Lord. So when I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but my flesh with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Okay, so what first thing he's saying is Christ has effected deliverance, and we'll, and we'll in, in chapter eight we're going to talk about what that means. Okay, the fact that Christ has delivered you from this body of death. We'll talk about what that means. But notice here in in, in twenty five, thanks be to God through Yeshua Messiah our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God, the Torah, with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Now, I don't know how anybody can read that sentence and come to the conclusion that Paul is against the Torah. Doesn't work. Onward. Verse 